the indescribable gift. The indescribable gift. Think for a moment, just for a second, if you were to fathom in your own mind the greatest, most unbelievable gift that you could imagine someone giving you, right? So, so put it this way. Say, how many people, how many surfers do we have here? Anybody surf? Okay, all right, good. So how many of you just really love surfing? How many of you have a board in your garage and you went surfing one time and you say you surf? <laughs> how many of you used to surf and you just got way too busy for it? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Priorities, man, priorities. But what if somebody came up to you and said, hey, you have unlimited resource. I have a plane. I have all the money we need. And your boss has told me that you get off work for an extended period of time, get on the plane, all expenses paid. I'm going to fly you to every, the, the greatest surf destinations in the world. All expenses paid, hotels, food, plane. You don't have to worry about anything except getting on a board and paddling out. Okay. Or, or maybe your deal is like hunting or fishing. See, for me, it would be like somebody taking me like up on this river in Alaska and dropping me off. I always wanted to land in one of those planes that land on water. Isn't that cool? They got the things on the bottom of them. Drop you off and you get to shoot big animals that could possibly eat you. And then float down a river where the fish have never seen a fishing lure before and catch fish and then eat what you catch and then they whisk you back up and take you somewhere else to do the same thing and that would be like awesome gift or maybe you like to shop maybe you like to shop and someone called you and said look you have unlimited resource of money I'm going to fly you out to LA when you're done in LA I'm going to fly you to 5th Avenue, New York. When you're done in New York, I'm going to fly you out to Paris. And wherever else you want to go, you can go. And, like, that would be, like, torture to me. (laughs) But there are two ladies in my family that would love, absolutely love that. Indescribable gift. But in all of that, whatever your gift would be, whatever, whatever you can fathom in your own mind, you could describe that, couldn't you? You, you, could, you could somehow, some way, of course, we would have pictures to prove it, correct? Because there's, you know, there's no adventures without pictures. Yeah, all right? I mean, we have a, our society now has the need to share our whole life with everyone else. We can't just be happy that, like, we just killed a grizzly bear that was about to eat us. We have to put our head inside the grizzly bear. <laughs> so true. But, but we would be able to somehow to describe that. Well, in 2 Corinthians 9, 15, Paul says these words. After he's talking about earthly gifts and helping people and, and different things, he starts talking about the mercy and grace found in God through Jesus. He says, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. You can't really get away from Christmas time or the holiday season without thinking about gifts. I mean, you see it everywhere. We're bombarded with, with things telling us we need this, we have to have this, buy this. I mean, like, like we're almost to an extent brainwashed in this time of year to, to conform to what our society says Christmas is really about. And it's my prayer through uh, looking at the indescribable gift that perhaps we would see Christmas in its purest form this year. One of the greatest things you can do for your kids, I believe in gifts, don't get me wrong. Like I believe in Santa. I know, don't send me any emails. My parents raised me, if you don't believe, you don't get. But they also raised me, Jesus is the Lord over Santa. Yeah, 
Anyway, but, but one of the greatest things you can do for your kids is teach them why, why we give gifts. Jesus is the indescribable gift. And so, so this idea, now here, here you have Paul writing this. Paul being handpicked as a child to study with some of the most brilliant minds there were in that day. Raised up to be the chief of chief of chief of religious people. He, he, you know, he's in the mix and he's, he's being taught all these things. So he's a very brilliant man. His IQ was very high for that day. Then you have Paul who turns, who meets Jesus on the road, who then goes away for like 14 years and studies, figures out who really Jesus is. And then he goes and plants churches, 40 lashes minus one, seven times, shitwrecked, abandoned, naked, hungry, kicked out of cities. I mean, this guy, Jesus was a reality to him and he was a very, 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 very brilliant man. Yet, he could not put words around Jesus. The best he could do was indescribable. That's the best he could do. We're not talking about Peter the fisherman. We're not talking about, we're talking about Paul, very educated, and all he can say is, thanks be to God for this indescribable gift. If we look at Isaiah, I believe it's 9-6, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be up on, his, uh, up on his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Let's key in on those first two lines right there. For, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. We're talking about the indescribable gift. So unto us a child is born. So a child is born. A son is given. How can a child be born but a son given? The son's given because the son was before the child. He was, he is, and he is to come. Everything we know him was created in him and through him. Now, we know a child was born to us. We know that the Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary, and she had to go through the the humanity of being pregnant. And my daughter's pregnant. She's going to have a baby next month, and it's awesome. And she works with me sometimes. She's wickedly smart. Very, very, I don't know. She got it from her mom. And... But, but we're sitting together the other day, and she's typing some stuff out for me. We're talking, and, and I'm just looking at her belly because it's huge. It's freaking huge, man. I mean, it's like, and this is my little girl, right? How many dads have daughters? It's the sort of weirdest thing in the world to see your daughter pregnant. <laughs> she's a dainty person. You know, here she is. She's like, and, and she's like, I'm, I'm, I'm staring at her belly. Right? And we're supposed to be working, and I just can't stop staring at her belly. And, so, and, and she's like, Dad, pay attention. We've got we to finish this up. Because she's just upset about everything these days. Like, she's eight and a half, eight months. Yeah, she don't. <laughs> but I'm, I'm watching her stomach, and Jack Isaiah is his name. Jack Isaiah. Strong name. He's kicking. And so her belly's going. <laughs> and I'm like. That is so awesome. And she's like, it's not awesome. <laughs> she's like, I have to pee all the time. It's awesome. She's not awesome. Dad, pay attention. But we know Mary went through the whole, the idea of, of being, being pregnant. We know this. So a child was born to us, but a son was given. A son was given. God gave us his only son. And so we look at this indescribable gift, the gift being Jesus, and let's look at some different things the gift does for us, things that we can ponder during this holiday season, bringing it back to center of what Christmas is really all about. Number one, the gift was given by the Father. John 3.16, most of us would, would be familiar with the scripture, for God so loved the world, say this word with me, that he, 
His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. The gift was given by the Father. The gift came from the Father. If you look at this next scripture right here, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. So every good thing that we know of comes from the throne of God. Every good thing, the Bible says. God so loved the world, he gave his only son. The indescribable gift that Paul is talking about in 2 Corinthians 9.15 that Isaiah prophesied about about in uh, chapter 9, verse 6, is Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ was sent by the Father. He was given by the Father. The gift was given by the Father. So that leads me to a place of recognizing God's goodness in my own life. It leads me to a place of recognizing, wait a minute, God loved me so much, he gave his only son for me. What an indescribable gift. Now, you could get somebody up here that's a lot smarter than I am, and and you could talk forever and and talk about the theology behind what would lead God to, to loving humanity so much that he would give his only son, that which was closest to him, that which was most important to him, to come up with this plan so that you and I could spend eternity with him in heaven, and you could put all the nuances in there, and you could build this uh, uh, cultural bridge from that to here, from God to us. And you could do all these things with exegesis and all this other stuff, right? For me, what it boils down to is God gave what was most important to him for us so that we could be restored back to him. So the gift, the indescribable gift that Paul's talking about comes from God. It was the only way it could be. Number two, The gift was given to complete the will of the Father. This is really cool. It's kind of deep. Hebrews 10, 5 through 7. We're about to see a conversation, a one-sided conversation between Jesus and God. And so so you kind of get this this picture of, of this going on in the heavenly realms. Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, this is what, this is Jesus talking. And he's talking to God. Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. In other words, Dad, I've been looking around and watching what's going on with humanity, and I'm realizing that what they're doing is not working. We'll get more into that in just a second. But you've prepared a body for me. You've prepared a little baby body that I, can, that, that I am going to grow up in. And for some of us, it's, it's almost like um, irreverent, right, to think about God becoming a baby and being birthed. Right? Oh, you can't. Can you talk about that? The Bible talks about it. Right? All God, all man. And so, so God says, Jesus says, you've prepared a body for me. And you go to verse 6, and and Jesus is still talking to his dad here. With burnt offerings and sin offerings, you were not pleased. Then I said, Jesus talking, here I am. It is written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will, O God. With burnt offerings and sin offerings, you were not pleased. In other words, Jesus is going, look, I understand what humanity has been trying to do through their religion is not what you want, God. You don't want meaningless activity. You don't want us to check the box. You want us to reciprocate your love. And the only way we can do that is for the sin in our own lives to be appeased. And the only way that sin can literally actually be paid in full, Jesus is going, it's me, isn't it? Dad, it's me, isn't it? 
with burnt offerings and sin offerings, you were not pleased. God, God, all through the Old Testament, God's going, what are you guys doing? I mean, if you read the lens, if you read the Bible and you really think about what God's saying to the children of Israel uh, all throughout, basically what he's saying, are you guys idiots? What, why do you keep acting like you have a form of godliness and then you go back to your idols? Why do you keep sacrificing burnt offerings? And then I'll tell you why, because it made them feel better about themselves. That's what religion does. Religion makes you feel good about yourself. So if I do X, Y, Z on Sunday, that means I get to do A, B, C on Friday night. And some of you know what I'm talking about. And somewhere along the way, it all evens out. So I feel pretty daggum good about myself. And God's going, hello, totally missing it here. You are totally, hello, all through the Old Testament, you read this. God's going, why do you keep going back to these false gods? Why do you keep acting like you have a form of godliness? Why, why, why? And Jesus is saying, oh, I see. I know you're not pleased with that. It's a stench to you, isn't it, Dad? It's a stench. However, here I am. What a magnificent, unbelievable moment for Jesus Christ. The, the, the firstborn, we'll see in a second, over all creation, right there going, here I am and I'm here to do your will. I'm here to do your will. And Jesus carries that will out through all humanity. You look, even in the garden of his, his greatest hour of need, what's he pray? Not my will, but your will be done. God's will, if you, you look at Jesus and he's just starting his ministry and he goes back to his hometown, I believe it's Luke 4, Luke 4, 17 through 20. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him, meaning Jesus unrolling it. He found a place where it is written. Now, Jesus has started his ministry. He goes back to his hometown. People are hearing all this buzz about Jesus. He walks into the temple where all the religious people are. He grabs the scroll, and he begins to read at the very place that Isaiah prophesied about the Messiah that was to come, the characteristic of God, the will of God to be done through the Messiah. And this is what he reads. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. Indescribable gift. Christmas is good news. There's somebody in your life right now that you've been praying for and you've been trying to build a bridge. There's no greater time to sit down and have a cup of coffee and talk to them about Jesus than Christmas time. I mean, I think Brian said in the first service, it's that time of year where you can go in, in grocery stores and hear Christmas music. And if you're not careful, they'll slip the name of Jesus in there. And it's okay during Christmas, right? It's okay. Nobody's going to complain during Christmas, right? December 26th, you better get that off the radio. But, hey, up until Christmas, it's okay. There's no greater time. Christmas is good news. Why is it good news? Because we're all poor in spirit. We're all born into sin. We all have the need of a Savior. We, Adam did something that made us sinners. Jesus did something that made us righteous in the eyes of God. That's what Christmas is about. That's the indescribable gift. That's why God sent Jesus. That's why Jesus says, here I am. I will go. He goes into the temple. He picks up the scroll, and he says, I am about God's will. In so many words, what is God's will? To preach the good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. In other words, Jesus is, is stating this, this is his vision, mission, statement for his ministry, and it's the pure heart of God. It's the will of God to be done. And Jesus is putting it out there for everyone in his hometown, everyone in the temple right there. He's putting it out there. This is what the gospel's about. It's about helping people. It's about seeing people set free. It's about having the scales fall off of people's eyes, allowing them to realize that they actually need a Savior. 
to release the oppressed. The oppressed from, from the enemy, the oppressed with depression, the oppressed with, with uh, no way out of a sinful nature. Do you know we, we rub shoulders with people every day of our life that don't even understand why they're unhappy? Do you know that? We have a world full of people that don't even understand why they're unhappy. They're unhappy because they weren't created to be unhappy. So now that they're unhappy, they're unhappy that they're unhappy and they don't even know why they're unhappy. Do you follow that? It's true. They don't know what that void is inside of them. They don't understand that this world can be a wickedly cruel place yet still have a good God. And Jesus said, this is what it's about right here. Doing the will of the Father. Here I am. God, I'm here to do your will. And then he spells it out for us. And then you go to to verse 19 to, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And I love this because... I don't know if you could call Jesus cocky in any way because he's God. So, so I don't know how that plays out. But he, he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. Seriously, like, bam. Got nothing else to say. That's what I'm about. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. You ever heard the term, uh, quiet as a church mouse? That's where that came from. I'm just kidding. Everybody's like, really? Look in your concordance when you get home. Quiet as a church mouse. No, but, but I, it was quiet. It was quiet, and everyone's eyes were fastened, completely fastened on him, and he had put it out there to humanity. This is who God is. This is why I'm here. I'm here to do the will of the Father. Number three, the gift was given to represent the Father. Colossians 1, 15 He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Let that sink in for just one moment. The firstborn over all creation. The firstborn over everything that we know. The firstborn that was, that is, and is to come. The firstborn who everyone worships. The firstborn whose every knee will bow and every tongue confess is Lord. Lord. The firstborn over all of creation. He is the image of the invisible God. So that puts a pretty, pretty high value on Christ. The highest value, the firstborn. And God said, here, you can have him. It's a gift, indescribable gift. How do you describe a gift like that? You can't. Even, even in Paul's situation, he couldn't describe it. Thanks be to God for the indescribable gift. He is the image of the invisible God. The gift was given to represent the Father. To represent the Father. That's what Luke, we just read, was about. That, that's why. That's why but but here, here's a question I have for the church today. Where did the gap come from? Look at this next scripture first. Talking about the Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of His being, sustaining all things by His powerful word. After He had provided purification for our sins, He sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of His being. We have everything that we need to know about Jesus in this book. Therefore, if he's the exact representation of the invisible God, we have everything we need to know about the invisible God. But I would challenge you as a person that calls yourself a Christian in the society that we live in, how in the world is there such a gap between people being okay with Jesus and mad at God? How has the church done such a terrible job of saying, 
like, people are okay if you want to talk about Jesus every once in a while. Yeah, he's a cool dude. Yeah, he's a prophet. Yeah, you know, he's, he had some good teaching. But so many people don't, don't want to, they can't get their mind around the fact that God is a loving God. And I would submit to you today, and, 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 and hopefully this just makes some of you mad, that's the church's fault. We've done a really bad job of explaining to the world that Jesus is God. And if you read about Jesus and his time on earth, he was the most extraordinary, loving, helpful, anointed, magnificent, attractive person to ever walk the face of this earth. That's God. Jesus came to represent the Father, his exact representation. And so the question on the table today is, this indescribable gift, are we doing a good enough job helping people realize that are in our circle that that Jesus is God? And what you read about Jesus in the Bible, that he, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We'll look at that in just a moment. Anybody have somebody in your life, maybe a family member you see every once in a while, or a friend, and you love them dearly, and they just they got this one thing in their mind they're so hung up over about God, and you can't break through? You know what I'm talking about? And you just, you just want with everything in you. You just, God, please. First thing you got to do is pray for that person. Prayer, prayer does wonders when you're trying to see that wall come down. But you're sitting there and you're going, oh, I wish I could put this into words. I wish I, wish I could explain to you how much God loves you. It, it's, 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 it's indescribable. But it's Jesus. I may not be able to describe to you how much God loves you, but let me show you Jesus because he's the exact representation of God, the invisible God, the firstborn over all of creation. God gives us that firstborn to to show his love, but not only to show his love, he gives us that firstborn to be a representation of himself coming from the invisible God. By his side, he sits. And we have this love letter from God called the Bible. And we read about Jesus, and we think about Jesus, and we think about how, man, I wonder if he used a fishing pole or if he just told the fish to get over there. <laughs> and I, I think Jesus enjoys those thoughts, really, because you're thinking about him. But, but in all seriousness, we have this wonderful love letter from God called the Bible, and we read about Jesus, and we read his mission, and we read his vision, and we read his love, and we read how he gave himself all the way to the cross. We read how he could have delivered himself from the cross, calling upon angels, but he didn't. He said, my, not my will, but your will be done, Father. And we read about how he was placed in a grave, and we read, read about how he rose from that grave on the third day. And then we read about how he's coming back for us one day, a victorious king, a representation of God. Let me just speak to this for a second. Our world's crazy. We just came out of a series called Comprehending God's Goodness in a Crazy World. If you weren't here, get that. Listen to it. It's online. We don't have to operate in fear. You don't have to be scared. Read the Bible. All the stuff that's going on in our world right now has to happen. It has to happen. I'm, I'm doing a study in Daniel right now, and, and I, don't, I don't know where I'm learning more. Well, I know where I'm learning more in Daniel, but I turn the news on after reading Daniel. I'm like, yep, yep. Yep, yep, ah, uh, yep. 
But here's the idea behind that. The idea is Jesus Christ came to be a representation of God. Jesus Christ overcame the world. He rose from the grave. He's coming back one day as a victorious king. God is not taken by surprise at anything that's going on in our world. God is God. He is the I am. He is the one and only God. He's still in control. Read the end of the book. We win. Will we have to suffer? Yes. Is it going to feel good all the time? No. But we win. We win. And Jesus shows us that by overcoming the world, a true representation of God. Number four, the gift was given so we could know the Father. John 1, 14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace, full of truth. The gift was given so we could know the Father. The analogy that I've used in the past, maybe it's been a while. I hadn't seen some of you in a while, so maybe you'll remember this. Um, I had a, I had a certain teacher in, in school, and school was hard for me. Um, I've told you before that later, I guess, my doctor says I'm ADD. Well, that, there was no such thing as ADD when I was growing up, right? It was after dad's done. After dad's done with your butt, you will not act that way anymore. That's... I was like, Dad, I'm really trying to pay attention. No, you're not. Yeah, I am. No, you're not. Yeah, I am. Bend over. <laughs> Dad, that's not helping any. Beat me up here, maybe. But uh. there's one teacher that took a liking to me, and, and, and he was super cool guy, smart guy, but he, he, he would go as far as to pay attention to whether or not you were really trying in the class, right? And so, so he would... He would do this on exam day. If I had really been studying and I'd been going to him after class going, hey, I don't understand this. I don't understand. Could you help me with this? He would step out, talking about Jesus, remember? He, the word became flesh and dwelt, dwelt among us. He would step out from behind the desk and he would walk through the aisles of the students. And he'd come up to my desk and he'd say, Jason, now, now let's think about number six. And I'd be like, well, I already thought about it. That's my answer. <laughs> and he'd say, let's think harder. And 12 and 18. <laughs> but the teacher came out from behind the desk and walked among the students, giving an example and giving wisdom on how to pass the test. That's what Jesus Christ did for us. That's, that's the inescapable, inexpressible, incomprehensible, unspeakable gift that we have, this indescribable gift. We have the, the firstborn over all creation, the Lord, the Messiah, the Savior, who left the palatial kingdom of heaven, who entered into humanity, who walked among the aisles in the test of life so that we could read about him so that he could say, Jason, hey, maybe you, you ought to look at how I would have handled that. I don't have time to get into this, but you know the Bible says who knows the mind of a man except for the spirit of the man? Who knows the mind of God except for the spirit of God? And we put our faith in Jesus. We, the spirit of God indwells us. We have the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us and direct us to be our counselor to help us along in this test called life. The word became flesh and he dwelt among us. The Son was given so that we could know the Father, so we could know the ways of the Father. The Bible says no one comes to the Father except through the Son. Wow. This indescribable gift. This next scripture right here. No one has ever seen God, but God, the one and only, who is at the Father's side, has made him known. This Christmas time, every time you see a gift, try to, try to think in your own mind a characteristic of God. 
that maybe you hadn't thought about in a while. Love and grace and mercy and truth, justice, help, light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, God, God did so much for us by sending Jesus. We can't even comprehend, we can't begin to comprehend that, and we won't be able to comprehend it until we, we, we see, until we're made full, like the Bible says, and we see in, in God in all of his glory. But, but we can get a snippet in our everyday life of how good God is. The gift was given, the undescribable gift, the indescribable gift was given so that we could know God, so the Father could be known. So, Christmas is good news. So, we see that's what Jesus was all about. He's about doing the will of the Father. The Father sent the Son. The Son did the will of the Father. The will of the Father was that we be restored back to him to spend eternity with him in heaven. Heaven's a real place, by the way. We, you're going to spend eternity somewhere, right? And I'm sorry if that makes you uncomfortable. Here's another one for you. We all die. It's just a fact. Yet God's going, hey, Jason, I have done everything I know to do for you. Here I am incarnated. Here I am giving my life for you. Here, I've done everything. God, you know, I think in some sense steps back and goes, here, take my son. Wow. That's the God I know. That's the God the Space Coast needs to know. That's the God the world needs to know. And you find him in Jesus. Last thing, if you're serving communion, will you go just really quickly? Just as fast as you can. Thank you. So here's, here's what I thought we would, we would end, end this message today. The gift was given from the Father. The gift was given so the will of the Father could be done. The gift was given to represent the Father. The gift was given so the Father could be known. And the gift is indescribable, as Paul put it. So we're back where we started, the indescribable gift. I pray with all of my heart that some of you in this room right now that have been walking with the Lord for a while would, would reunite with the wonder of Christmas. Not through a new car. By all means, I hope you get one. Not through a new toy. Not through, not through anything except the wonder of a God who loved you so much. He allows you to be on the journey that you're on right now. And what an awesome journey it is. So I thought we'd end this message. Went through and got like six or seven different versions of the Bible that say this, 2 Corinthians 9.15, in kind of a different way. And I want you to read them with me, okay, before we pray, before we have communion. Would you do that with me? Are you ready? 2 Corinthians 9.15, here we go. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Thank God for his great gift. Thank God for this gift too wonderful for words. Thank God for this gift, his gift. No language can praise it enough. Thank God for his son, his gift too wonderful for words. Now thanks be to God for his indescribable gift, which is precious beyond words. Thank God for his gift that is too wonderful for words. Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. You get the picture? Here's Paul. 
of all people in that time who could have been able to put words around this Jesus Christ, this, this mystery of grace and mercy and love, this gift from God. He says, I can't do it. All I can do is say, God, thank you for this inexpressible gift. There's no words. There's no way that I could even express my thanks. Here's the thing about a gift. It's just that. It's a gift. But a gift isn't really a gift till it's received, is it? See, you could, you could say, I am going to send Pastor Jason a gift. I'm going to send him a new fishing lure. And you could write on that little box, you could write my address and be off two numbers. And that fishing lure is going to go to my neighbor. And if I know my neighbor, I'm never going to see that fishing lure. It's just going to be, thank you, God. You have shined your face upon me today. So you could have given a gift, but to me it wasn't really a gift because I didn't receive it, right? I didn't take possession of it. So it was more of an act of kindness on your part than it was really a gift. See, it becomes a gift when I receive it as such. That's salvation. That, that's what salvation is about. Salvation is not that complicated. Salvation is God for, so, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. So that gift is given. Now, we all have an opportunity to decide what we're going to do with that gift. Are we going to accept that love and grace and mercy of God through the person of Jesus? Are we going to accept what Jesus Christ did for us as he was born of a virgin and he lived a sinless life. He took our death and sin on the cross. He's placed in the grave. He rose from that grave on the third day. He's in heaven today praying for us. He's coming back for us one day. Are we going to put our faith in that? That's the gift. Jesus Christ had finished. He finished what humanity could not do. Jesus Christ did. And maybe you're just like a bunch of people this morning already who said, I need Jesus in my life. I need a fresh start. I need a starting point. I need to take advantage of this gift. And it's just that. You can't be earned. You can't give enough for it. You can't work hard enough for it. You can't do X, Y, Z to get ABC. You can't do any of that stuff. It's a gift. It's, it's freely given, and it can be freely received. Have you done that? I'm not talking about discipleship. I'm not talking about the road ahead, which is a fun road. It's a great journey. You can ask some people that have been on it for a while. I'm simply talking about in this moment of time, right now, in this moment of time, December 6, 2015, could you actually say, I know that I know that I know that I've taken my faith and put it in Jesus Christ as the Messiah? Can you say that? That's why Coastline exists. We exist to give people an opportunity to know Jesus Christ because through knowing Jesus, you're going to know God one day forever and ever and ever. You bow your heads all over this place, please. No one moving unless, unless you have to. Say, Jason, that's me. I... I understand what you're saying, and I need to do that today. I need to be saved. I need to put my faith in Jesus. I want to head into this Christmas season knowing that I'm forgiven. Above all else, knowing that I'm at peace with God. If that's you, you say, Jason, that's me. I need Jesus in my life. We you slip your hand up long enough for me to see it? Put it right back down. I see your hand. I see your hand. Thanks, man. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. It's awesome. I see your hand. Sweet. Just put it right back down. It's between you and God. The only reason we ask you to raise your hands because it's 
it's a sign from your heart saying, God, I'm, I'm confessing that in my own heart. I believe it. Anyone else before we pray? I don't want to, I see your hand. I see it. Thanks. Look, let me, I want to pray with you. You don't have to pray out loud. Pray right from your heart, right where you're sitting. And after church today, please, please go out to the tent and get a Bible. Get a devotion. If you're a shy person, you're not comfortable doing that. Or you got to go get your kids. Email the church. A pastor will email you back. We'll get you some resource, get you in a class at the first of the year, get you in a life group to help you get some good people around you. But right now, the most important thing is, is you opening your heart before God and, and receiving that gift of salvation. Right where you sit right now, praise prayer with me. Father, thank you for loving me. Thank you that I'm in this seat today. Thank you, God, that your love has become a reality through what I see and what Jesus did for me. So right now, I'm confessing in my heart that I believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. I believe he was born of a virgin. I believe he lived a sinless life. I'm confessing in my heart with all that I am. I believe that he took my death and sin to the cross. He died for me. I believe he was placed in a grave. I believe he rose from that grave for me. And he's coming back for me one day. God, I know that I don't have all this figured out, but I, I have this figured out, God. I know that you're dealing with my heart right now. And I know that I heard one time somewhere the Bible says that I'm being made into a new creation. So I claim that right now, God. Newness over my life. Newness over my relationships. Newness over my finances. Newness over who I am. God, through your love and your grace and your mercy. In Jesus' name.